to the Resonant Rest podcast. My name's Ocean. I am a musician in so-called Vancouver, unceded territory of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh First Nations. And this is a podcast about musicians, rest, creative practice, sustenance, and community. This is going to be our sixth episode out of the seven episodes of this season. The more I hear people's reactions to the podcast, the more I'm feeling like I want to make another season. So that may or may not be the case. Um, But for now, this is the sixth of seven episodes that are coming up. If you haven't had a chance to check out the other episodes and you like this one, you probably should. We've had some awesome guests on the show and some really good conversations. This episode is going to feature the conversation I had with Vanessa LeFan. Thank you so much for being here, and here we go. introduce yourself what do you want people to know about you um, this is Vanessa Hi, <laughs> Vanessa I was born and raised in Taiwan and I immigrated here into so-called Canada when I was 11 in 2006 I've been a multidisciplinary artist my entire life like I've never saw art forms as being separate to me, they're just like ways of like creating and expressing and like playing. Mm. And it wasn't until like later on when I was like trying to apply for grants and things like that that mm. like I realized I had to like put myself in a category to be like recognized as such. But yeah, like I love expressing through music. I write. I like to paint and draw and make videos and take photos and dance and move. And to me, it's all just a part of the same thing you know it's what links it all together is less about the form and more about like the why like the purpose Mm. of why I'm doing it what it represents and yeah the message that's in it or the feeling wow you just like gave me a lot to think about there that was cool it's probably just at the forefront of my mind because it's like a conversation that I've had to have over and over again recently due to like Grants. Grants and like um, stuff with school. Like my, I'm in this like internship program, and then the supervisor is like, "So, like, what are you? What are you doing? What does this <laughs> write-up mean?" Yeah, because <laughs> like one of our assignments was to write like an artist mission statement. She was like, "This is really good, but like, what do you mean?" Hmm. <laughs> so I had to like explain via like email, and so it's just something that I've had to like explain to different people a cool. lot the last few weeks. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to ask you one of the questions here. Okay. What does creativity look like in your life? You've touched on that a little bit. And how does music play into it? Do you have rituals <laughs> or like practice routines or what does your day-to-day, month-to-month look like with like creativity and music? Honestly, I wish I had a practice routine. Yeah. That is something <laughs> that I haven't had since I was uh, a child in um, like royal conservatory training and mm. my parents forced me and then as soon as I became an adult I'm like I don't need a practice anymore mm. which is not true I'm like always <laughs> on and off trying to get back into that um, right now I feel like my practice is more consistent in dance because mm. it's something like physical that I um, 
going to have to keep up with and there's projects ongoing and in terms mm. of music I it is a part of my daily life like I find myself singing my way through tasks and like moments that are joyful moments that are uncomfortable moments that are sad I just naturally sing about them sometimes it's like an actual song sometimes it's just silly mm. words that come out as melodies mm-hmm. me too <laughs> <laughs> like I have a rhyme yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I think even just, you know, if like I'll find myself tapping beats just out and about and it's just, I feel like a creativity is a really ingrained part of just who I am and how I understand the world and interact with it. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, it's not really something that I consciously sit down and do as often as I would like to. But I also recognize that it's not something that I just can't stop doing. It's just who I am and have always been. Cool, Yeah. yeah. Like, I'll see the world in pictures and poetry and, like, something will happen and I get, like, a phrase in my head and sometimes it turns into a poem. Sometimes it'll turn into song lyrics and have melodies attached to them. And it's just how I yeah, experience and remember what's going on around me. It sounds like creativity is really tied in with everything else for you. Does that mm-hmm. resonate if I say that? Yeah, it's, like, ties into relationships, like, social interactions or even just what's going on in the bigger world picture or Mm -hmm. even little things like the way a snail cross across the street everything is creativity and totally its own way yeah you're so right to balance creative time resting time and everything else do you set goals do you just let life happen what do you see when you imagine a life with enough time to do everything you want to do basically i feel like time it's a funny thing in capitalist society because mm. time is tied to energy and tied to money. Mm-hmm. You know, we get paid for our time and our energy. Ultimately, I feel like like if I didn't have to make money, I would have so much more time. This year, especially this past two years, really with like Sir being available on and off, it just really put that into perspective of like what I'm capable of doing and how much extra time I have um to create and also take care of myself when I don't have to worry about how am I going to pay rent how am I going to eat food and like needing to fill hours that translate into money yeah so I feel like yeah it's a constant learning curve but even now like with Serb and I don't need to have like that same stress of full-time job I still find myself running out of time because now mm. I have all this free time that I'm filling with projects mm-hmm. and things that I actually really want to do and learn. And so, yeah, balancing that with sleep and rest is also a constant mm. challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I find that too. It's interesting. Like, one of the things people are worried about with basic income is like people need jobs specifically, people need like structured jobs. Mm. You know, I guess freelance people can be included in that or whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting how a lot of the arguments against basic income are like, you know, without jobs, people won't be motivated to do stuff. And I Mm. also find basically what you've been saying that like when I have free time, I'm like, oh, I have all this other stuff I want to do. And I like do it all. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, I'm busy. So like, I don't know. It's interesting too, like just like thinking about how much I want to be busy and how much I just like want to do everything because I'm like, oh, I have time for it, you know, Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Do you find when you have time, do you find yourself 
filling it? Do you like think consciously about making time for not doing things with your time? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, totally. I find myself wanting to fill time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I recognize it's coming from the place of growing up in like capitalistic productivity mm-hmm. is a value um society. So I feel like I need to be doing something with my time to be productive, to constantly be trying to make something or improve. And I think that is also natural to want to continue to grow and learn. Mm. And I, I, yeah, I've heard the argument of people are going to be lazy and sit around if they don't have to go to work. But that's not true. People (laughs) will get bored. People want to learn stuff. People want to be out there Mm -hmm. doing things that are interesting to them. Yeah, I'm deathly curious, sometimes to my own detriment. It's kind of how I ended up being multidisciplinary just because I see cool things and I want to try them and I mm-hmm. want to do them myself. So I tend to fill time with doing things and then I also get asked to help and I love helping people with their things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, time gets filled and I do try to be mindful of taking this spare time that I do have to rest when I can. And I think this summer, I really had to honor that because I was really busy. And I knew that fall, like starting September, was going to be even busier. Mm. So when I did see chunks in my schedule where I could chill, and I felt the impulse to fill that time, I consciously had to remind myself, like, take it, chill, do nothing, have brunch, cuddle the dog, (laughs) because you're going to want this later when you can't have it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's, like, learning to balance things from a day-to-day basis, but also, like, in the longer term, like, week-to-week, month-to-month, knowing that, like, the nature of gig work and being an artist, it's kind of seasonal in a weird Mm. way. So when you have the opportunity, when it's not hectic and everything is happening, just take it and enjoy it. Yeah, the seasonal thing is hard, too. I feel like (laughs) there used to be a busy season at Christmas. Mm. And there used to be a a busy season sort of in the summer as soon as things got nice. But I feel like COVID's changing that too. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what's going to happen this Christmas or like, I guess my nature of gigs has also changed since COVID. But Mm. my my Christmas used to just be like packed gigs all the time in December. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like Christmas, holidays, New Year's. Yeah. And then Dead Zone. (laughs) And then Dead Zone, February. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, okay. Here's another one. How do you sustain yourself? We could talk about income, food, feeding the spirit, anything else that comes up when you think of sustenance. Sustenance. Sustenance reminds me of food. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um... I try to remind myself to eat when I can, Um, especially like mornings now that like I have more like things happening in the morning. I need to remind myself that sometimes even though I'm not necessarily hungry at 9 a.m., I should eat because my next opportunity is two. And Mm. sometime between now and then I'm going to regret not eating. Mm. So I think it's like really looking at my schedules and like recognizing the times I have to eat and also not falling to the trap of eating out all the time or um, putting myself in a position where my option is more limited and limited Mm. to just like quick grab and go like, I'm going to have a croissant for lunch type thing. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. that's wonderful, but like 
I think over the long term, I try to be more mindful of like, okay, when can I make time to actually sit down and have a meal and not be constantly just like working as I eat, driving as I eat and Mm -hmm. actually take that time to be with my food and that sustenance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sleep is a big one. I was much worse as like a younger person to, (laughs) you know, push things to the deadline and then stay up all night and use an all-nighter as my ways to meet deadlines. And I've just recognized that I can't do that anymore. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just budgeting time. And sometimes it even just means calling it quits at midnight and just knowing that I'll just do it tomorrow or another day or sometimes getting that rest is more important than meeting a particular deadline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, those boundaries are so important for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think in sustenance too, I think about like uh, the long term. Like you're saying, like you can have one day or something or like here and there where you have to like do something on the go or whatever. But it's really nice to like plan for moments with food. That are that happen often. I find it so nice to just eat at home. I'm mm-hmm. trying to like eat all my meals at home. <laughs> yeah, and like cooking versus eating out, it's like such a thing to balance, especially now that like Uber Eats and delivery services are oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. readily available because of COVID. Yeah. Um, I've never eaten this much takeout in my life. <laughs> mm. But it's also nice sometimes to allow yourself that and not feel yeah. the guilt of like, oh no, I'm like buying my buying a meal and getting it delivered and sometimes just recognizing that like it's been hectic I'm exhausted I need to just allow myself this space and this yeah sustenance yeah totally (laughs) it's nice that it's available too I find that sometimes exactly what I need to sustain myself is delivery food yeah yeah because yeah. it's either it helps. either that or I'm just gonna end up eating like popcorn for dinner or something because I didn't go grocery shopping yeah oh my god That's not enough. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Do you have any dreams about the future? A musical dream? A creative dream? What are your dreams? What do you dream about? My dream is... Well, I have a few. Um, I feel like the more tangible one right now is recording an album and releasing it with some videos. Mm. And the next step after that... I would like to make that project into a picture book. Mm. Like with like illustrations and like, you know, QR codes that people can scan and the song lyrics and poetry and stories behind the songs with like pictures and illustrations that go with them. That would be so beautiful. Yeah, I think that's something that I'm really excited about. And I already have like quite the poetry collection going. So um, I think that's my next project. Maybe after that, I want to make it an art installation, like kind of take over a gallery space, um, print out the photos and texts, and then have either like a live musical performance or just have like a sound installation where the sound is played through space in a way. Hmm. I'm getting more interested into like electric acoustic stuff and how live performance, but also like pre-made things can be used in space to create experiences that are more physical and tangible for people cool yeah i also would love to write a musical (laughs) i would love to write a musical and then have like dance and stories and like sets and wow that sounds awesome i'd come to that 
Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's gonna be about yet, but yeah, that's cool. that'd be so fun. Because like I think since I was a little kid, I like grew up on like Disney movies and other musicals, and I've just always kind of lived my life as such. When no one mm. is watching, I will just sing my way through like daily mundane things nice, and pretend yeah. like I'm a character. And I think I've always dreamed of creating something mm. like that. Yeah. Me too. Do you know that I was like a musical theater kid? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's I was so cool. I was um I think my favorite role was probably when I was Snoopy and Snoopy. <gasps> Ooh. Have you seen Snoopy the musical? <laughs> no. Okay. It's pretty fun. <laughs> Let's make a musical one day. That sure. So fun, yeah. yeah, I love um yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm so eloquent. I yeah. Love it. Yeah. Um, do you find yourself, like, imagining the future a lot? Do you, like, are you, do you feel like you're, like, creating your future in your mind as you go through life? Or do you feel differently? I think I imagine a lot of hypotheticals of what could happen. Mm. But I also kind of know that the future is so unpredictable because mm. even Three years ago, I would have no idea that I would be where I am now. And there's no way I could have guessed just because based upon who you meet and things that happen, you know, like a pandemic in the world, everything <laughs> yeah. can shift. <laughs> of course, that example. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I think these past two years have really shown us that like anything can happen and any plan you think you have is could just be scrap. And being open to that, I think, is really exciting. And on a more bleak side, when I think about the future now, I, like I just have this overwhelming climate crisis anxiety mm, of yeah. just really feeling a sense of urgency to want to do something because I feel like we have to. Mm -hmm. And when we talk when we talk about rest and things like that, it's like, yes, I take moments and days to rest, but overall I don't really think that I could rest even if I was like a millionaire and never have to work a day in my life. Mm. I can't rest because I know that we have to be collectively working towards a future because mm. at this rate, we're, we don't have one. Yeah. I guess for me, I think rest is such an important part of that journey forward. Mm -hmm. I think they're intertwined. I think they can be intertwined. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. You, yeah. You, it has to be. Mm -hmm. If we don't rest, we can't sustain ourselves in the long term to do what we need to do. Yeah. But I guess it's like, there's a dream of just wanting to kick it on a beach forever. <laughs> Have like a cabin in the woods, listening to the ocean waves and just like mm. meditating the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. But I don't Is think... that like what utopia looks like for you? I think utopia <laughs> looks like everybody in the world having that option if they choose mm. to. But if yeah, it's yeah. just me, then I'm not going to be happy in that space because I know that mm -hmm. there's people out there who can't do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're far, far away from utopia. <laughs> yeah, totally. I guess I I find it's interesting to imagine what an ideal situation would look like because sometimes I feel very stuck in um, dissecting all the things that are currently happening and trying to imagine something different is something that intrigues me. There have been some events lately that have made me think, like, of how to move forward with, like, how we deal with sexual assault in our communities or, like, and just, like, imagining futures where 
like we can talk about stuff and like it's not so like incarceration based. I guess I imagine futures where we're we can talk about stuff together and like try to be on the same page as each other somehow. But I have no idea what it would look like. But mm. I guess imagining is intriguing to me. <laughs> mm. And I think that's the beautiful thing about art and the role of artists. Right? Mm. Like we get to create these fantasy worlds and make them tangible mm. in a way. We take things from our imaginations and we either make them into sounds or make them into like plays or videos. But yeah, these stories are what make things that we imagine possible because mm. everything that exists now was a dream at some point mm. you know we've been like watching throwback star trek a lot recently <laughs> and, like, even just looking at them on their like little cell phones and like video chatting i'm like yeah they knew this was gonna happen without actually knowing that it was gonna happen oh that's great so yeah. anything we imagine now like could be it could in the future it could i i hope so mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, just one of the ways I sort of maintain hope, I guess. Um, I have one, like, more structured question. Is there anything you want to nurture or change here and now in the musical community? Like, what do you want to see more of? The first thing that comes to mind is I would love to see more of a um, relationship between the music and the dance communities. Mm. Because cool. I feel like um, there was a time in history where music and dance did not exist separately. Mm. And then recordings kind of like fuck that up. Um, mm. When dancers could then dance to music without musicians. And um, it's kind of weird because back in the day, to dance, you need a person like drumming or playing or doing something. Mm-hmm. But now um, technology has almost allowed that separation to happen and beautiful things have come from it and allowed these art forms to evolve separately but I feel like locally I've kind of noticed that not a lot of dancing happens at live music events Mm. and not a lot of musicians dance Mm. and I would love to see more of like a blend and emerge in that as somebody who kind of walks a little bit on both sides I'm Mm. like huh y'all are pretty cool you should hang out yeah (laughs) go to each other's things and like make the general arts community more cohesive rather than broken up into these little niches because even mm-hmm. within music itself it's very like segregated in a way mm. like yeah the same people go to the same each other's shows and then mm. there's entire scenes that we have no idea about and mm. i would love to see more coming together because i think there's strength in that totally yeah i think a lot about integrating movement in music when working with my students I feel like music music does live in the body. And I feel when we're learning music, we could definitely develop a, a, a vocabulary for speaking about it and integrating it. Because, like, there's a lot of, like, tension <laughs> at the very small level. There's, there's a lot of tension when playing musical instruments because you're doing a new thing and you're doing things your hands don't usually do. You're, like maybe sitting in a weird way, depending on the instrument you're playing. And then there's also just the the spirit of the music that moves you inside, right? Mm-hmm. And that's I feel like that's where the magic of music comes from. And um, to have, to have <laughs> music be so separate from movement feels like um, there's a cut there, there's a division that... It it's it is part of the same sort of body, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
don't know. I think that's why like musical theater is so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> singing and dancing. And every time I see those things happening at the same time, I'm like, yeah, that's that's how it's meant to be. Yeah. Maybe not like meant to be on stage, but like, you know, those things just go so naturally together. And that's what I find so exciting about um, right now. I'm working with a group called Immigrant Lessons, mm. and there is a lot of blending of music and dance happening. And it's really exciting to see like where this goes. We're like currently researching for a new piece that's coming out in a few years. But mm. this researching is really interesting to me. Uh, see where it goes. But it's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I did have a question. I had one more question about something you said earlier. Um, you were talking about applying for grants and how applying for grants has made you put yourself in two boxes. And I wonder if you could elaborate on that. Like, what do you mean when you say that? Well, in a lot of these grant funding agencies, you need to make a profile and define what you are. Like, are mm. you applying in the music stream, the dance stream, the uh, media yeah. stream? So right off the bat, you have to choose what category you fall in mm. um, and set up your profile. And then when you go to apply for the grant itself, there's different categories. Like, are you emerging? Are you mm. professional? Like, yeah. What genre are you in? And there's just all of these like drop down menus of like, what are you based on these words that have been defined? Yeah. And even just like, what genre are you in is probably the worst question I can be asked because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, like I feel like my music and my art is a little bit all over the place, influenced by different things and inspired mm -hmm. by different things. But, like, I'm not trying to recreate anything that exists already. Mm. So where does that fall on the spectrum? <laughs> it's interesting. I wonder where that question is coming from, from a grant-giving body, right? I wonder what they actually want to know when they ask that question. Are they wondering who you're going to market to? Because that would be a more specific question, right? Mm -hmm. Are they wondering, like, I guess what communities you're going to touch with your music is probably what the question is, mm -hmm. I imagine. Or maybe it's something else. I really I don't, don't know. know. Why. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe they're just trying to have a variety of genres. So, like, if they have too many people who are like, oh, I'm a pop artist, then... They don't want it to all be pop music or something. But what like is that. pop music? Yeah. You know, pop music has changed so much over, like, yeah. years. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. yeah. And the emerging thing is so funny, too. Yeah. It's like, like, who gets to be emerging? Yeah. <laughs> there were two, um, the two keynote speakers. It was the director of the VSO and um, I think her name's Laura Cartman. They're two, like, two women who are super advanced in their careers Laura's scoring these, like, really high-profile films, you know, really far in her career. And she's like, I'm still emerging. We're all still emerging, you know? Like, it's funny. It just makes me think of that because, like, they're obviously very far ahead in their careers. And the word emerging, I don't know, It's it seems like, is it asking, do you need some extra help right now because you don't have connections yet? Or, mm -hmm. like, I don't know what the question is. Are you new enough for us to be excited about you? Mm -hmm. I don't know what the question is. It's also tricky because it's like they want you to be emerging and not like quote unquote established, but mm. you can't be too emerging because you also need a body of work and show yeah. that you've made revenue. And like, yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. You know, like if this is for new artists making new work, like how is there this expectation of them having like all these sales and stuff already? Mm -hmm. you know, just bizarre to me. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Established versus emerging. Established artist. Well, they're they're kind of <laughs> categorizing based on how much money you've made in right, the yeah, past yeah. year of music. And that's just the one organization. They're all mm-hmm. kind of different. And sometimes it's also frustrating as an emerging artist to see um, certain other artists get grants for emerging artists, but mm. you wouldn't consider them as emerging. Yeah. And knowing that there's like a limited amount of funding available mm. and knowing that they already have access to opportunities, it's kind of unfair. Mm. Be like, yeah, of course you're going to get the grant because you have all these letters behind you and all this like giant portfolio, but... Mm is this what this is for? And mm-hmm. just, like, I can't, like, you know, blame them for applying and getting it, but also just looking at the funding agencies of, like, where's your discretion laying lying in if, mm-hmm. you know, you're giving opportunities to people who already have yeah. been given opportunities. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks for talking with me about it. I appreciate your insight. Yeah, no problem. Is there, do you have any, like, words you want to say? Right now? Um, Words. (laughs) I don't think I have any more questions. So I'm just like Mm. opening it up to you if you have thoughts or questions or like, I don't know. Yeah. I think that um, just to also elaborate on the question of what I would like to see in the music community more. Mm -hmm. Something that really interests me and it's like something that I've talked to Tanya about a lot is like what people do outside of their art and how do they bring that into their artwork I find really interesting so it's like yes like people can be great musicians great performers as another layer of importance to me when I meet artists or like look at their work or try to decide who I want to be as an artist is what are they doing with their art and what are they doing in their lives and how does art serve that Mm -hmm. rather than like having the aesthetic of what they're creating as almost like commercial product really sit with how that can affect change because music is such a powerful tool and such a powerful medicine that if we collectively channel it really intentionally and work together, I feel like we can actually make some big changes with Mm -hmm. the superpowers that we have as creators. (laughs) Yeah, because like recently being on the front lines at the Fairy Creek, like music is just such a big part of these movements. It mm. like completely shifts the energy and morale of a group and like a situation and just is such a beautiful way for people to be able to connect to, to each other and understand each other and, you know, singing in unison with people, even if you don't know them, just brings you together and connects you in a way that would have taken much longer if you were to just sit around and try to like introduce yourselves by name and... <laughs> Three interesting facts, but the second you start singing together and drumming together, you are a group and a collective. And I think there's so much power in that. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I think as musicians, especially I think if we had something like UBI to support us and we don't have to be worried about our next gig or our next sales, we can dive more into the whys of what we're doing that's beyond making a living. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. We've reached the part of the episode where I say a quick hello before saying goodbye. Before you go, though, make sure you listen to the end of the episode to hear Vanessa's new single, Bodies of Water. Very exciting. 
If you liked the episode, feel free to contact me. If you didn't like the episode and you've got something to say, feel free to also contact me. My Instagram handle is ocean.pendarker, O-C-E-A-A-N dot P-E-N-D-H-A-R-K-A-R. You can also email me at oceanpendarker at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to play a little clip of Vanessa talking about her song, and then you'll hear the song, Bodies of Water. Here we go. I recorded this song with um, the help of Thomas Holler over the course of pretty much COVID. And the intention was really to dive into what connects us as human beings having this experience Um, whether it's our connection to our ancestry and the bodies of water that our ancestors had to cross to get to here, especially most of us who are not Indigenous, Mm. and also the bodies that we live in and move in are made of mostly of water and the ways that these complex histories connect us all and what responsibilities that gives us as people here now And what we can do with that, um, I think, is kind of the questions that I was trying to ask in this song and some of the answers that I heard in my own reflections. And, um, yeah, I'm going to make a music video at the blockades with um, one of the media people from the front lines and just really showcase this movement because my experience there has really embodied and answered a lot of these questions that I have and what it looks like for different people from all walks of life to come together and do something for the collective good, knowing that it's bigger than just ourselves as individual people and just really honoring our connections to each other and the land and the waters that sustain us. So yeah, I'm really excited for the project to come together and be out into the world. And I hope that it reminds people the responsibilities and powers that they do have to change the world around them. Take a moment to 